0: This episode is brought to you by Creative Edge Publicity. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Let Fear Bounce. This is Kim Langley, your host and I am so happy that you are spending a small portion of your day today with myself and my special guest today, Joel McKay. He is an award-winning former journalist, columnist, and a public relations professional. He's currently responsible for leading an economic development agency that serves Northern British Columbia. And when not working, he can be found writing fiction or exploring the province's vast, untamed wilderness. His most recent short story, Number Hundred was published in the Tyche Books Anthology, Water, Selkies, Sirens, and Sea Monsters. His novella, Wolf at the Door, which focuses on a family Thanksgiving dinner gone horribly wrong, was published in June of this year. Joel calls Prince George home where he lives with his wife and two daughters. Joel, welcome to Let Fear Bounce. You've got an awful lot going on there, sir. <laughs> yes, I, I certainly do.
1: Good morning. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's it's awesome to be here. Um, yeah, there's, a, there's one or two things going on in my life. There's no question.
0: <laughs> now, first off, I'm just going to jump into, you've got two daughters. How old are they? Uh, seven and five. And that keeps you even more busy, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean,
1: that's, I mean, when you sort of say, okay, well, what takes up most of your time and you end up reading a bio and it says, this is your job and you do writing and you say, well, no, it's actually my kids that take up most of my time, right? And then followed by the things that I get paid for, for sure.
0: There you go. Now, kids are wonderful and they do take up an awful lot of time, but it's worth it.
1: I mean, being a father is the number one job. It's the thing that I love the most. Um, and I feel very, very fortunate that I get to be around my girls every day and I get to see them grow. And if I had nothing else going on, like if I wasn't doing the job that I had, if I didn't have writing in the background or anything else, I would still be perfectly content with my life just being a father and focusing on that. So. I try to remind myself of that daily, even when I'm, you know, in in those moments when you want to pull your hair out as a parent, which we all have, uh, that uh, the journey is is worth uh, the the times that that make you want to pull your hair out <laughs> yes, or, or or that or those moments of sheer exhaustion, right?
0: Right. Sheer exhaustion. i i I remember those days. My daughter, she's thirty two now. But I often remember those days, like you had mentioned, when you're frustrated, you're tired, you, you probably haven't slept in days, you know, maybe the kids are sick, something like that. The dog's sick, everyone's sick, every, nothing's going right. But I look back now and think, you know, I wouldn't have traded any of those sleepless nights, any of those days with frustration for anything, because my daughter is doing very well. She has her own house that she purchased all on her own. She's got a great job. And I'm thinking, all right, I did something right in this world.
1: (laughs) Oh, first of all, congratulations for getting to that point. I hope I get to, to get to that point at some point (laughs) in my life too. But you know, I've more recently, I've been thinking a lot about that and just thinking to myself that, you know, this period that I'm in now where there's seven and five, I've got a really short window actually, like, because it goes faster. And one of the things that I've noticed, and a lot of people say it, but it's absolutely true, is the older you get, the faster the time goes. And um, I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, like, yeah, it's tiring. There's a lot going on. I'm sort of, you know, balancing all these things as people in their, their late 30s do. Um, but these are probably if i had to roll the dice these are probably going to be the years i look back on and think that if i had a time machine and i could go back to any point in my life this is the time and so i i figure here i'm in the 10 years of these are the best years of my life i got to make everything of it right and so i try to remind myself that on, an, on a day-to-day basis and and just keep going well how well adjusted you sound <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, i mean i don't know about that i mean i'm a, I'm a horror show most of the time but you, you know you, you're a writer too right i mean i think being a writer is one of these things where you tend to think about things outside of just your own little universe right and and so you you apply that to yourself and so i'm always trying to think of the lesson that i might be sucking out of something or i'm supposed to learn and then just try and hammer it home even if I'm not always listening to myself right like it's you know I'm always trying to remind myself I you know I fail as often or as more so than I'm successful but I
0: I try and that's that's all that any of us can do is just try our best and keep on plugging along
1: I totally agree
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right so I want to jump into your writing journey now do you you work full-time yeah And so writing is kind of your side gig at this point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it didn't used to be it. um, It used to be my full time job when I was a journalist and I found when I was a journalist and I was doing it full time, even when I was in public relations, which is, you know, the other side of the fence. I wasn't writing creatively in the evenings. I was too tired. I'd come home from from work and I was just wiped out. And I mean, it was rewarding in its own way, being a journalist and, and eventually getting into public relations. But. I'm in a different role now. I have been for six years where I lead the organization as Chief Executive Officer, and that comes with it a whole bunch of trappings and uh, things that pull you in a variety of directions all day long, and it's a people job. It's not uh, necessarily a job where you're sitting down doing the things like you used to be. And so in the last few years, especially with COVID, getting back to writing creatively in my spare time has been a a really important sort of catharsis um and it's been it's been really nice really rewarding to be able to to build that back into my life and try to work out the things that are going on in my head on a day-to-day basis um try to hone my craft um in a different way i mean i went to school for journalism so i got a degree in that And I'm okay at it. It's hard to get good at journalism. I was okay at it. I had some success with it. Certainly, you know, not as good as somebody who's in it for 20 or 30 years. But in almost in no way, other than understanding the basics of the English language and how to string a sentence together, does the craft in that skill translate to writing fiction? So I certainly felt in the last few years, even though I've been writing effectively since I was 12, so 25. 26 years i've really felt like i'm starting from the scratch again as i go down this journey and i i have to learn about okay how do you how do you care how do you create characters and how do you create conflict and how do you navigate through that and how do you make a story that's interesting that targets an audience and so the journey has been uh a long one as it is for for most of us but um it keeps getting better And so that's good. And it never gets easy. And I like that about it too.
0: I like how you worded that. It never gets easy. I agree because I think for me anyway, personally, if it was too easy, I probably wouldn't want to do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a bit of that for me. Like I found in my career, you know, as I've done different jobs, like if it, if I start to have too much success too early, I get bored. And then I'm looking for the next challenge. I think a lot of people are like that. And I mean, it helps to explain some of my own career progression, why I left journalism, why I left public relations. But writing fiction is incredibly difficult. Um, maybe not as difficult as being a parent, but it is it is uh, up there in terms of the, the challenges that I've faced in my life. And I like that about it. And I always think, cause I'm a runner too, It's a lot like running like you're, you know, you if you start running long distance, you let's say you start at, you know, two kilometers. Well, eventually you can do five or you can do seven or you can do 10, but it actually never gets easier. Like cause what what's happening is when you go back and do the two or the five or the seven or the 10 again, even when you're in better shape, you're pushing yourself faster. And so I find it's the same with fiction, right, or or really any type of writing you're you're yeah you might be better at one thing, but now you've gone back to it you're you're creating a new story you're pushing yourself naturally into a new direction and so I really like that challenge, and it seems to me to be a bottomless well of challenge and humility. Which is probably exactly what someone like me needs, frankly. So.
0: Well, and I I like that you're honest, and you you can you know that you can look at yourself. You know exactly the type of person you are.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm trying to
0: figure it out anyway, yeah. right? <laughs> it's a daily thing. It's a daily thing. <laughs> I get that with parenting. Some days I'm good,
1: some days I fail, but it is. That's it right. Is That's is, right. You
0: know? <laughs> Share with us a little bit about how it is that you got into writing the genre that you do.
1: Good question. Um, Ever since I was a kid, I don't know, like, I've just always been fascinated by the supernatural. For me, if there's an element of fantastic in it, if there's monsters in it, if there is magic in it, um, something that is surreal, I'm interested. I don't, I'm just one of those people. I have been reading fantasy uh and uh you know scary stories or science fiction since i was a kid that's that's what i consume in terms of tv shows and movies you know i grew up at the age of you know great 1980s you know action movies and fantasies dungeons and dragons you know the the advent of console video games and role playing video games and all of those things that influenced I think you know the Gen X and and Millennials in a major major way and I just found my I was lucky enough to find that thing early on in my life and by the time I was 12 had kind of made a decision in my head that that's where I wanted to live all the time was in story and in, in the fantastic. And so for me, that's, that's the foundation, all this other stuff, you know, journalism was to get a job and be able to pay the bills. Right. And maybe that would, I had originally thought that that maybe would have a pathway to writing fiction. Turns out it doesn't. I should probably, somebody could have told me that and probably <laughs> did and I ignored it. Same with public relations and what I do now, right? But I think as I've gotten a little bit older, I've realized that, you know, you don't need to have a career path to to just, you know, sit down and write story and, and, and get into that space. You can just do it yourself. And that's one of the things that I love about writing. And so for me, I love literature. I love um, all types of fiction and movies and, and you name it, it doesn't matter the genre, I I will consume all of it. But my happy place is if you throw in, you know, a vampire, a werewolf, a magic book, a wizard or a dragon, right? Now I'm really there, right? So yeah, I'm just one
0: of those people. I like how you mentioned that you said you don't have to be on a career path that's going to eventually lead you to writing because that resonated that as you were speaking that I was kind of, you know, laughing inside because I none of nothing of what I have done has led me to be a writer. I just have a heart for telling people stories and for sharing stories and it feels as if I've let and let tell me if this is true for you. Now, I know you're a little bit younger than I am, but when I was younger, I had, I, I was always having little stories in my head, but I never shared them with anyone. I never wrote them down, didn't share them with anyone because I figured people will think that I was weird. Kids would think I was weird. Mom would think I was crazy. But now that I'm in my 50s, I'm embracing my weirdness and my craziness. And I have all kinds of stories and I share them all the time and I write them down all the time. But that dash in between those two parts of my life had nothing to do with writing.
1: I think, um, I think you're the first person that has ever articulated how I started to feel about that journey myself over the last number of years. And I'll, I'll share a couple of stories that I think are kind of along the same lines, if I understand you correctly. So I peeked my head out a little bit, like, okay, so high school in sort of the late 90s and the early aughts was, you know, the glory age of, of bullies in old school high school. I don't know what it's like today, but back then, you know, if you were a nerd, that was something you kind of wanted to hide away. It wasn't something that you wanted to, to come out with because it would probably result in you getting shoved in a locker, right? So I didn't really peek my head out as a high school student. I was just trying to get through high school and survive like so many people. And I got along with people for the most part. I was not a popular kid. I was not the least popular kid. I was like most kids somewhere in the middle. Halfway through high school, I took a creative writing class and I poked my head out one day and I wrote a horror story. And to the extent that... the teacher was concerned that I was, you know, uh, had like violent tendencies and she phoned my mom and she said, I'm concerned. He's w- written this story. It's the only one like it in, in our school. And like, are you concerned about his mental health? And dah, 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 dah. Now on the one side, I, you know, I was frustrated at the time, but I look back at that now and I think, you know what? Good honor for being thoughtful because that is a thing with other kids. And how does she know? So, so fair enough. Right. On the other side of it, I, 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 that resonated with me for a while because that was just me. It, It had nothing to do with my mental health or any place that I was at. It was just, I wanted to write scary stories where, you know, that those types of things happened. I didn't then. For a long, long time, I kind of buried that part of myself from that experience for a long time. I became a journalist and and I took on sort of that persona of being a journalist. I was a business and finance journalist. And then eventually, you know, over the last six years, as I took over this role, I'm in the public sector now in Canada. And um, being a civil servant, especially one who is in charge of a public sector financial institution with half a billion dollars, is it led me to this place where i'm very careful about what i say publicly and i have a lot of fear about basically coming out as that nerd who um actually does write horror stories in his spare time and and plays dungeons and dragons and loves fantasy and has opinions about movies you're supposed to in canada being a public servant you're supposed to kind of not be seen or heard and fair enough i get that but no one no one is one dimensional and so prior to my novella being published I had this real struggle with should I adopt a pen name it like is this actually going to create a problem for me if if I come out and start promoting it as Joel um, you know um, the head of northern development um, or should I just be me I went back and forth. I kind of talked to people about it. Nobody really gave me advice one way or another. I finally decided, you know what, forget it. I, you know, like I'm, I'm 37. If, if I lose my job over this, I lose my job. I'll go find another job. I, you know, it doesn't, maybe it won't be as high paying. I'll figure it out. I'll I'll pay the bills. I'll pay the mortgage. I'm not going to not be me anymore. Like, I'm just, I'm tired of that. And so so when it came out, I just said I, I kind of went on my Twitter and I'm like, look, like this is me, like in FYI, it's one part of me. It doesn't mean that I'm not still this other thing and I'm also a dad and I'm also, you know, a fly fisherman and da 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 da, da and I tell terrible dad jokes and all these things. Like everybody's multifaceted, right? And I was kind of sucking my teeth, waiting, you know, for a phone call, concerns. Hey, maybe you shouldn't be doing this. And they didn't come. In fact, it was the complete opposite, where I even have had, you know, quite a public level of support from elected officials in our part of the province who've said like, "Congratulations, well done. This is awesome. Keep going." And it was not what I expected at all. And it's it's really heartening for me. It's felt like. I can finally be me and have a voice for the first time in my entire life and so you know here I am 37 years and I'm you know writing you know fiction and it's not the path that uh, to get here that I thought it was going to be when I was 12 and I started doing this Um, but I'm still doing it and I feel more free to be me than I have in a very very long time and I just hope that I can do a good job balancing both of them um, and and be decent about it. I I think that's kind of what you were talking about with that sort of you have reached that point in your life. You're like, hey, I'm in my fifties now. This is me. I'm not. I'm. I have multiple facets, right? I'm just at the start of that journey. I think you're you're you've been in it for a while, and so I could probably learn a lot from you um, and your experience. Um, but I'm just sort of through the doorway on that one it'll be interesting to see where it goes
0: thank you for sharing that because you don't you don't typically hear that that kind of story from an author honestly and how you shared it and the the wording that you use is like you know you you, you said no, several times you were peeking your head out that leads one to believe that you were hiding so you were peeking your head out at least that's the mental picture i get peeking your head out from you know looking through that crack in the door and then you mentioned about in school when you wrote that story and your teacher you know got concerned which i can understand as well but that also slammed you right back down in that hole yeah. you know you were this little chipmunk picking his head up saying oh look look this is actually what what's in my head and i i want to write these kind of stories and then slam no there's something wrong with you and you know you wonder at least i do Having heard that story, there's no way that you're the only one that that's ever happened to that has turned out to be, you know, a couple decades later, an author and a a successful one on a successful journey. So, you know, that's what a thank you once again for sharing that because that's, you know, that's pretty vulnerable story. And for you to be honest enough to share it, I can't help but think that that's going to help a lot of other people that might be listening, whether they're authors or not.
1: Well, Thank you for that. I I mean, it feels good to just talk about it. I think that's part of the journey too, is just being open and honest and saying, look, like this is me and with all of my flaws, it's something that I believed in as I've gotten older that I have to just own who I am and my mistakes and that you, the best way to show that is to um, walk the talk by being honest about yourself with others and maybe that will influence others. I think you make a really good point. How many people are there that eventually end up in a situation similar as you or me, where you finally do peek your head out or you finally kind of fully become yourself later on in life. I think probably all of us to a certain degree. Certainly, um, if you're a creative, you know, you hope that it, it comes out at, at some point in time. The thing that bothers me about all of it, and I don't have an answer to this, is how many people never peek their head out. That, that, that's the piece that I find horrific is that there are probably so many, whether they're artists or scientists, or just you know people who could have been good parents or good partners, um, they got slammed down some point early in their life or, or continually over a number of years and the trauma of that and the inability to access a pathway psychologically to being able to sort of fully you know realize and adjust on that leads them to a place where they can't, really truly step out and become themselves there's so many people I think in Canada and the U.S. that that face that and we are relatively wealthy developed countries I don't even want to begin to wrap my head around what that's like for millions of people billions of people in other parts of the world who are in underdeveloped countries uh who are just trying to get through their day right and so I do realize in saying all of this I come from such an incredibly privileged position there is no question about it but I do think about that from time to time and wonder about, you know, what's our little role then in having these conversations uh, and being honest about things. Maybe somebody out there is listening. Maybe it resonates with them. Maybe it causes a different level of action. Maybe I hear from them. Maybe you do. Maybe we adjust how we're approaching it and we just continually try to get better.
0: I like how you explained that. And just as you had said that, I was thinking the exact same thing. Can you imagine the millions of people out there? of untapped creativity because it's been shoved down either by someone else or by their own selves because they don't feel the sense of self-worth that's good enough that, Oh, I can share this or no, I have, I I have this invention in my head. If I could just get it together, this is going to help mankind. Or I've got this amazing story. I've thought of that often actually of all the people out there that have all of that just jumbled up. And Oh my goodness. Could you imagine how bright and colorful and amazing, even more amazing the world would be if all of that creativity was, was if everyone felt comfortable enough to be themselves and embrace. And I like to just say, I'm embracing my weirdness now. Because I am a dork. I'm a complete dork. I've got a really off the wall sense of humor. I view things completely different than other people do. I find humor in things that most folks don't find funny at all. And so now I'm just like, you know what, I don't care. Why did I ever care what people thought? This is who I am. This is me like it or not. So I'm embracing my weirdness. And when I find other people like me, I'm like, oh, the angels are singing because I found my people. You know what I
1: mean? Yeah, totally right. And it's uh, it's uh a funny one, right? Because I've struggled with that too. Like I grew up in a generation where the message from our parents was very much, you, you, it's, you shouldn't care what other people think you should just be you. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. I think you should be you. I shouldn't be the best version of you and explore all of that. I also struggle as I get older. Well, it it does kind of matter what other people think, at least to some extent, because we have to get along, right? Like, I care what you think, you know, and, and so there's, there's a balance in that. And I think that's the conversation where we need to get to from here is what's the healthy balance between you know being you versus you know also respecting others and understanding their opinions and and i think we're kind of getting there in little spaces it doesn't feel like it some days when you read the news but i think i think these conversations are happening in a more meaningful way you know when you said earlier about you know how what would the world be like if everybody could kind of realize fully on themselves my immediate word that popped into my mind was Star Trek and so I'm a I'm a Trekkie or a Trekker but like that's like that's the image in my mind is this future state that's optimistic about where humanity is going and you know I'll just add to that as a digressionary point you know, Star Trek is unique. And why I think it resonates continually over time is that it's, it's one of the only, if not the only mass media science fiction out there that actually has an optimistic view of the future. Every other science fiction that you see is dystopic or, or it has a, a negative element to it. And that's fine, that doesn't make it bad. It's all good. Like I write dark stuff too, but uh, Star Trek always had this view that things were gonna get better and that we were marching towards something. And being a kid growing up in a, you know, relatively low income household, which was my situation in a pretty small country, watching Star Trek, it became kind of like a beacon on the hill that, oh yeah, we're heading towards something before I even knew that it was, right? And so to me, when you asked that question earlier, you know, how did you get into this genre stuff? Well, I think it's things like that, that there, there was exposure early on, to these shows and books and stories and games that you know gave me a idea of what i thought you know an ideal world should be based around one based around values and morals rather than you know codified bureaucratic rules and a a pathway there and i don't think i've ever lost that and i think as I get back into my fiction now, I'm, I'm thinking I'm hearing the same thing from you. You get to explore that side of yourself in a different way, right? You get to, and then find people who are like you and connect with them and then have those conversations. And I think that helps to put in relief different aspects of the way in which you look at the world or your own place in it.
0: I, I love that we had this conversation because this is literally went way off track of what I was thinking our conversation would go (laughs) (laughs) and it always happens that way. And I love it. That's, that's why I I love, I love doing this because just, you know, chatting, you're an author, you know, and a darn good one for what I understand. And you've got all kinds of cool ideas going on, but what we just talked about was making the world just a little bit better place and encouraging those that might be stuffing that creativity down to let it out. So we sat here and tossed all kinds of little nuggets of hope and goodness out into the world and i'm so glad that you that you came along and started tossing nuggets i I love it i i love how this conversation went today well
1: i I, thanks for the opportunity it's not where i thought we were going to go either but uh, (laughs) i mean you're obviously good at what you do because it went in the thematic direction that is this podcast as i understand it so well done um and i enjoyed the conversation too for sure
0: all right so You know, since you're an author and as we get ready to wrap this up, why don't you let folks know where they can actually find your books and find out more about what you've written and who you are as an author and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, for sure. So um, probably the easiest place to find me is on Twitter uh, at Joel C. Mackay. Uh, You can also connect with me on LinkedIn um, and type my name in there and then uh, Wolf at the Door is available on Amazon so check it out there ebook or uh, paperback and then if you want to read a couple of my shorts. Uh, Tykee Books, Water, Selkies, Sirens, and Sea Monsters is still available and out there. And it's a fun fish tale. And there's some awesome authors in that book elsewhere. And I've got another short Western horror coming out from Bridget's Gate Press in their uh, Western anthology that's due out either end of this month or next month sometime. So check that one out too. And I just feel fortunate that I was even included in either of these anthologies. It feels like winning the lottery. So yeah, check it out. See, see if you like it. Or if you don't tell me that too, that's fine.
0: This has been awesome, Joel. Thank you so much for being my guest on Let Fear Bounce and sharing your journey and those little nuggets out there. And I just know that the listeners, even if it's just one out there that it resonates with and it encourages them to let a little bit of that out if they've been holding it in, I think it's, you know, that's just icing on the cake. Thanks so much for being my guest on Let Fear Bounce today, Joel. I've really, really enjoyed it.
1: Well, thanks so much for having me, Kim. It's been an awesome conversation.
0: All right, everybody out there, all of you listeners, thanks once again for joining myself and Joel today on Let Fear Bounce. I am your host, Kim Langling. Everybody be well, stay well, and be blessed.